service begins in your blue hymnal with hymn 423.
not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever.
Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, who having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here is the reading. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead. To him be glory and power forever. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospels from the fifth chapter of St. John. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has granted him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Here is the Gospel. The hymn is in Club 425. Yeah. 
God has made us his people through our baptism into Christ. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our sermon text is from today's epistle. It's from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is rejoicing and there is grieving. But St. Peter, in today's epistle, doesn't separate rejoicing and grieving as if they were mutually exclusive. He understands that trials and afflictions belong to this sinful world, but that the Christian has been blessed by the promise of the gospel, which gives him a living hope. Through the great mercy of God, Victor Turner was born again as a child of God through his baptism into Christ. And through that baptism, he received a wondrously high position as a believing and a saved child of God. So when St. Peter begins today's reading, he, he begins with this high and great doxology, praising God. He is giving voice to the great blessings which Christians have received already in this world. You see, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ revealed his Son to be the Redeemer of the world. And during this Lenten season, we speak about the suffering and the death which he endured so that we would be forgiven. His sacrifice for us was shown to be accepted by the Heavenly Father through Christ's resurrection from the dead. And that is where we're going, to an Easter resurrection. That death which Christ has earned for us has given us, as Peter said, a living hope. A living hope. Now this living hope concerns the future consummation of our faith. When this life is done, there is, as he says, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not, wait away, does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So unlike many false promises, this one is true. Unlike the deceptive offers of hucksters, this one 
is a genuine free gift. And unlike the empty hope of speech givers, this one delivers the goods. Jesus Christ has purchased and won us from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. You can count on God's promise. He tells us, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But there is a bit of a time, a bit of a time between the baptism, coming to faith in Christ, and the consummation, the reception of that gift that is at the end of our life. And in between coming to faith in Christ and seeing our Lord Jesus face to face, there are many other events. We go to school and get a job. We marry a spouse and buy a house. We have children, raise them up in the fear and love of the Lord. But there are also troubles and afflictions. Due to the fall of man into sin, this world is groaning underneath that burden. And so there are tragedies and disappointments. There are failures and mistakes. There are illnesses and death. I have known Victor since I arrived at Trinity over 30 years ago. And he has experienced more troubles than most the last 24 years. A rare form of cancer in his thigh, tumors later in his lungs, experimental treatment. He lived with cancer in remission for many years. Then a hip replacement. Well, then it's removal, and then he lived without one. Didn't even know that was possible. And then he got a MRSA infection tunnel. Life and health are a gift of God. And everyone is blessed. But everyone doesn't have the same amount or the same degree. And even the time that we have may be limited by mobility, as it was at the end with with Victor. I tell you, there is a reason why the Apostle Paul wants to remind believers, baptized believers, about the inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, reserved for you in heaven, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. He wants to remind us of that. Why? Because even Christians can lose their way. They can get lost. They can easily lose sight of that great hope of eternal life, the goal of their faith. On the one hand, it seems like heaven is a long time coming. You see, the scriptures know that the weeds of prosperity and the cares of life can choke out faith in Christ. They also know that trials and temptations of life can seek to harden our hearts against God, lead us to doubt, maybe even hate. The Apostle Paul, or the Apostle Peter in this text, wants Christians to keep their eyes on that goal 
on the prize of eternal life, lest we wander off of the way. But he also tells us something more helpful, even more helpful, for this meantime in between. Here's what he says. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. The Christian greatly rejoices in the hope of eternal life, even while he is being grieved by various trials. It's not that the grieving takes away our rejoicing, and it's not that the rejoicing all of a sudden makes the grieving simply go away. No, Christians always rejoice in the good news of Jesus Christ. They fear, love, and trust in God as a beloved child, trust in their Heavenly Father to provide and protect them. I can remember several times speaking to Victor about some of the troubles that he was having as we sat in the little room. And, and, and yet, when I brought up the love of the Heavenly Father, the salvation that was earned by Christ, he would tell me that gave him great comfort. But one of the last times, wasn't exactly last, but one of the last times, that I was with him. He told me this. We, we talked about some of the trials. And, and, and then he said, God has blessed me greatly. And he has given me a good life. I have no complaints. Now, 30 years ago, I remember being amazed at words like that that would come from people, members of my church and others, who, would, who had gone through great hardships. However, I don't anymore. I find that those who have a living hope, as Peter says, they know how to greatly rejoice. Even while they are grieved by various trials, of course. But the Holy Spirit is bringing that forth from them. Yes, the Holy Spirit is working through the Word, who has taught them to look beyond the little while of this world and to rejoice in the world to come. If you're wondering just what's going on as you take a look at lives that have these things, listen to St. Peter. He will tell us. He explains that a person's faith is being revealed as genuine by the struggles he goes through. Faith, it's a gift of God. It is a precious thing, a precious thing which is much more valuable than gold. And the person who does not have faith, nor the hope of eternal life, will certainly cease to rejoice, while the believer, as St. Peter says, they won't stop. They will rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So in between our baptism and our death, we find that the devil is trying to destroy faith. He does it either by adversity or prosperity or, well, any way that he can. But meanwhile, our God is strengthening us through his word and sacrament to keep us strong in that faith. And as we go through those struggles, our faith is being revealed 
It's being revealed as the genuine article. Here's the way Peter says it. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by power, the genuineness of your faith may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, rejoicing, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So in the midst of various trials, Victor continued to rejoice, to rejoice in Jesus Christ, his Savior. The various trials, I tell you, have ceased. And now he rejoices in that goal, the salvation of his soul. He loved the Lord who had begotten him to a living hope. And now the one who loved him, he sees. And his joy does not fade away, for his faith was shown to be genuine. He lives with Christ, a living soul. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Hymn 422.
prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together in one communion, in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the gate of death and the grave we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Grant to us who are still in our pilgrimage and who walk as yet by faith your Holy Spirit, that he may lead us in holiness and righteousness all our days. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Grant to all who mourn a sure confidence in your loving care, that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Give courage and faith to the bereaved that they may have the strength to meet the days ahead in the assurance of a holy and certain hope, in the communion of your church, and in the joyful expectation of eternal life with those they love who have departed in the faith. Help us, we pray, in the midst of things we cannot understand, to believe in and find comfort in the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And God of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death he has destroyed the power of death, and by his resurrection opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Strengthen us in the confidence that because he lives we shall live also. And that neither death nor life, nor things present, nor things to come will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The canticle is in the front part of your hymnal, where the page numbers, not the hymn numbers in the back. If you go to page 152. Uh, the canticle, the Nook Dimittis, talks about departing in peace. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.
hymn 264.